Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy TGIF on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. As we wrap up another week of the Eagle Hour, we're glad you're with us. Our good buddy Al Holder is going to join us a little later in the show. We're going to talk a little baseball with Al. Also, Kelly and I are going to review all the Southern Miss kids that are going to be involved in the NFL playoffs this weekend. And you may be surprised when you find out just how prominent Southern Miss football players will be in the playoffs. We'll take a little look at the playoffs and make our personal predictions later in the show as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this program and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. And we thank Justin and the great group of guys that run Dixie, uh, Dickie's Barbecue Fuzzy's Tacos, for that matter. We just love all those guys. Uh, we encourage you to do business there. They have great food. They're big supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. And, Kelly, you or I, neither one have ever been to a Dickies or a Fuzzy's that we had a bad meal. No, and, and Thanksgiving this year, I just wanted to, to, you know, to take it easy. And so we get the – you know, I always like doing the turkey myself, but I left all the sides to Dickies. And, man, how nice that is just to go pick it all up. And then just, uh, you know, you get the cream spinach. Did you do of that? Of course. Did you cream. like that? And you? I got a little bit more than we probably needed. Yeah, but you ate it. So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Later on the weekend, you know, I uh, love it. I love yeah. it. That can cater food for any kind of occasion that you may have. And uh, you sometimes forget that they do that as well as just providing good barbecue. So uh, Dickie's barbecue. All right, Kelly, great basketball game here in town last night. The Lady Eagles beat Louisiana Tech for the second straight time, 65-60. to 60. Uh, Malia Grayson, a local kid with 16 points. Dominique Davis with 14 points. Tech led the game 17-16 to 16 at the end of the first quarter. USM led 32-28 at half. Tech went on a 14-2 run in the third quarter to take the lead by the end of the third quarter. They led by seven points, Kelly, with 6.51 left. And this is this tech did. And here's what impresses me. The Southern Miss defense only allowed one bucket in the remainder of the game with 6.51 left. The Lady Eagles scored 14 in that period of time, so a 14-2 run. But you hold Louisiana Tech uh, to zero points for six minutes in the fourth quarter uh, and you and you win the game 65-60, quite a defensive effort. And Malia Grayson, uh, Coach Joy Lee McNellis has talked, any any chance she gets, she'll tell you about what a great player Malia Grayson is. Good character kid, and if there was, if there's an athlete that really, you know, that certainly deserves an image and likeness contract, it would be Malia Grayson. I mean, she exemplifies everything you look for in an athlete. And she's a local kid. And and works hard and, and goes about her business and um, and you can count on her. This women's team, Bob, is getting the reputation of being a real, I mean, a, a prototype Southern Miss sports team. Blue collar, hardworking, grinded out. 
and that is now two wins against uh, against Louisiana Tech. And again, this is a, a women's team that was not projected to finish you know, that highly in the league, mid to lower middle of, mm-hmm. of the pack. And with some of these wins and winning these close games, mm-hmm. you have to wonder you know, how, how good maybe this team will wind up being before well, the end of the they've year. They've won 10 of their first 15 games. They're 10-5. and five. They're 6-1 and one at home. That last night was their sixth win. They have UTEP, oddly, Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock. As we go on the air, they'll be playing UTEP. Martin Luther King Day. They Correct. Always, they always Correct. play on the holiday. Uh, so the Lady Eagles off to a really good start. And, and you and I both know Joy Lee very well. Nothing, I guarantee you, made her happier about that game last night than her defense holding Tech scoreless for the last six minutes of the game. Because players, by nature, don't like playing defense. Right. Right? It's gotten to be, how many points can I score? You know, how, how can I make the headlines? But really, you know, and I remember James Green when he first coached at Southern Miss, he said, the one thing that I have to teach these guys is that the floor is level, that the basketball floor is level. I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you would think it's tilted toward the offensive end because I have no problem getting guys to hustle to the offensive end. It's the defensive end that nobody wants to, you know, wants to go to, and that's what will win you the games, ultimately, right. is playing defense. And right. the Lady Eagles proved that last night, as you so aptly talked about their performance down the stretch, and that's what won the game for them, was defense at a key time, and in the last six minutes of the game, going on that 14-2 to run. So, yeah, good for them, and they're yeah. playing well. Really proud uh, of the girls that play for Joy Lee, and uh, really happy uh, for her, obviously. We uh, we, we thank all of awful lot of her, and... Uh, and she's got her ladies playing really well. Other side of the ledger, the men were at Louisiana Tech. That game was on CBS Sports Network last night. I, you know, I, I wish I could say that. Um, I wish I could say it was as good. Tyler Stevenson led the team with 17 points, made him the 41st all-time leading scorer in Southern Miss history. DeAndre Pinckney had 10 points. Southern Miss trailed by seven at half. They did cut the lead to five early in the second half, but then Tech. And you've talked a lot about this. Tech went on a 19-2 run in the third quarter, and the game was over. They were 22 points ahead. The Golden Eagles never really got it. Uh, even the scores a little misleading. They hit several three-pointers in the last couple minutes. But when I watched that last night, I thought about you saying that, and you had talked several times about the Achilles heel of this team has been those spurts like that right there. And it seems like every single game there's that defensive lapse where nothing goes right. And look, this is not a team that's going to that's gonna light it up on the scoreboard, right? So you cannot have lapses in defense like that and expect to have this offense, you know, come back from deficits like that. It just right. doesn't happen. And a couple of statistics that, that jumped out at me is that the Eagles were out-rebounded 47-31. to 31. That's 16, obviously, more rebounds that Tech got. And 15 of them were offensive rebounds. So when the Bulldogs missed a shot, they, they got 15 second chances. And, and again, and, right. and they shot 46% from the field. Right. So they were already making about half their shots. And the, the ones that they, the half that they didn't make, they got 15 you know, second chances. That's just tough to overcome. Turnovers wise, Southern Miss has been struggling a little bit, but they're, they've been settling in at that, you know, 11 to 15 turnovers. They had uh, 14 last night. 
but the Eagles only shot 37% from the floor. They actually, Bob, shot better from the three-point arc. Right. They shot 40% from the three-point arc. But again, that was kind of padded at the end. It, it was, but they, yeah. the shot still had to go in, right? right? And, right. and only 37% from the field. So... But but these you look at every one of these games. If you could go back, you know it's an eighteen to two run. It's it's sixteen to two run, twenty to four run. You know last night again nineteen to two or whatever it was. You just if you had the old uh, you know the Sandy or the Kansas City Chiefs offense or the Bengals offense that you can put up points and big numbers in short periods of time. That's one thing. But that's not in the DNA of this particular Southern Miss basketball team. No. They're just not going to light it up like that. No. So you cannot afford to dig defensive holes like that. Southern Miss now five and ten. Louisiana Tech is fourteen and three. And the reason I point out Louisiana Tech's record is, oh, yeah, guess who's coming to town Sunday at 2 o'clock? A rematch uh, with the 14-3 and three, uh, Bulldogs. That'll be a 2 o'clock start on Sunday afternoon. And then the Eagles can't get very comfortable staying at home because then they take the road to Middle Tennessee. You know, so it's in any time in any league, I don't care if it's junior high or professional, if you go on the road, it's going to be tough to win. And as we mentioned in the Massey ratings that we went through, uh, a couple of days ago, you know, the Eagles are only at this point favored to win one more game that they play, and that's when UT San Antonio comes to Hattiesburg, and and that's the only uh, that's the only game the Eagles have won in, in the league. Of course, it's still early in league play, but uh, the schedule makers have have not done any any favors for the Golden Eagles no. as it turns out, playing some of the toughest teams right out of the gate. Here's my observation too: they play hard. They played hard the entire night. They never quit playing hard. You know, it was noticeable. But they missed shots. They missed layups. They just struggled to get the ball into the basket. Uh, They would let Tech get behind them on fast breaks. Uh, The big kid that the coach talked so much about, and I forget his name, odd-looking kid, kind of overweight, just but really agile. And pass the ball all over the court. It is phenomenal to watch him play because if you looked at him, you would laugh and you would think, "Well, he may be the guard on the football team, but offensive guard, but he's not the bas- on the basketball team." And kid can play, Kelly. Yeah, that that shirt hugs him pretty t- pretty yeah, tightly. And I, and I bet that's like a triple X too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he is an anomaly for sure. And yeah, now the Eagles have to try to reload and figure out, you know, how to how to win. You know, at, at home on Sunday afternoon. Again, that's a 2 o'clock tip-off at Reed Green. All right, and then Monday at 1 o'clock, the ladies running hot, 10-5 and five now on the year, 6-1 and one at home. They take on UTEP if you can get by there the holiday. A lot of people will be off work. Right. Great afternoon to go by and uh, spend an afternoon with the Lady Eagles. All right, Southern Miss Baseball had big ticket sale news already. We are a month away from baseball this weekend, if I've got that right. I believe I do. Yeah, yeah, you you are one of those guys that has those paper yeah. those paper chains, you know, you pull off of paper we're, chain every day. We're gonna to talk to an avid baseball fan next. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Corps Studio here in Hattiesburg. Bob and Kelly with you. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. As Kelly pointed out, they have brand new Southern Miss Mardi Gras flags in stock. And uh, I guarantee you that uh, they've got a lot of basketball stuff, and I guarantee you the baseball stuff, if it's not already there, and I know they have a good bet, it is arriving uh, very soon. Kathleen and her staff do a fantastic job of providing Southern Miss apparel for everybody in your family, and we hope that the next time uh, you want to buy some, uh, you'll think of nothing more than Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street or campusbookmart.net. All right, one month from this weekend, it's actually, I want to say it's the 18th, of february so we're, we're about four weeks away uh from the opening of baseball it just seems impossible it's time goes by so fast it was like they just finished playing the oxford regional but uh time to get started for baseball again season ticket sales have the, the all-time record has already been broken with over a month left uh, for people to buy you can still buy baseball tickets at southernmiss.com one of the men uh, and his wife that bought the original season tickets when they expanded uh, the Pete and helped make that expansion possible joins us. Al Holder is a huge Southern Miss baseball guy, loves the sport of baseball in general. I think it's fair to say it's probably his favorite sport. And Al, uh, I want to take you back uh, to when you first started going to Southern Miss baseball. Now this kind of the milestone of breaking the all-time uh, season ticket record uh, with, with a month out anticipation ranked in all the national polls uh just your thoughts about the evolution of southern miss baseball in the years that you've watched it well yeah i, I, I was picking back uh just a second uh, when i was in school uh we, the baseball field was over now where the practice football field was and so right. they, and they had like two or three rows of little bitty bleachers there and that was about it and so i remember uh, that's when i started watching southern miss baseball but uh, the when Hill was uh, expand, talking about expanding uh, P. Taylor Park there, and was Hill was uh, promoting all of that. He he had this uh, uh, picture and the seats and the pictures and stuff, and he 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 went to every event where you saw Southern Miss fans and was selling uh, his seats. So that's when I picked my seat. I wanted to be behind the catcher about. About thirty rows up, so that I could watch all the pitches and and see the whole field uh, from where I sat, and I, that's where my seat is to this day. I sit right there in the middle, and uh, it's uh, it's been an amazing uh, journey. Uh, I think uh, Hill and uh, 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 Corky and uh, have just you know set the stage for uh, us being able to to be where we are today to do what. We, and, and our team today is, uh, you know, we just kind of start to reload instead of uh, running around trying to find uh, players to fill in gaps and stuff. It just seems like people we've always always got somebody to, ready to uh, to step up. Bob, and you I, know, I'm, to, to, to put it in perspective, when Al got his first season tickets, <laughs> they were on parchment paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to unroll them like a scroll. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, Al, I I think what you just said is exactly right. I think Scott's reached a point where he doesn't have to doesn't have to rebuild his team. You could lose uh, quality kids like uh, well the, the 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 pitchers we lost last year, the center field are really outstanding baseball players, and it just it appears there's there's there are already guys lined up uh, lined up to take that uh, to take that role. So uh, 
You know, we told the track coach earlier this year, this week on the show that, you know, we congratulated him. We said the two sports now that carry us nationally and compete nationally, bring us national recognition, track and field and baseball. I think that's exactly right. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, Barry is uh, it, not only is he a, a, a fine man and a, and, a, and a gentleman of the first order, he's also a heck of a baseball coach. Right. And uh, if you talk to any uh, of, of the high school coaches around, any everybody knows that. Everybody knows he's a quality guy. He's not. He's not a backstabber. He's he's uh, uh, he's just a quality guy coaching baseball. And I, I, I admire the heck out of him. No question. Right. Yeah. Athletes these days, too, particularly when you talk about baseball, and and this became apparent to me this morning. It really dawned upon me. I happened to run across Charlie Fisher, um, you know, who's one of our Minnesota guys that's on the on the Southern Miss baseball team. He was out at the dog park uh, with his beautiful uh, black lab that he has. Charlie Fisher is a monster. He is huge. I mean, he looks like he could play linebacker on the football team. And it used to be back in the day. You know, Al, when you used to cheer for, you know, the the, the Jerusalem Giants, you know. <laughs> they were pretty damn good. No, time, no right? yeah, no, they were. Yeah, they were really good, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but baseball players just weren't built like the guys are today playing baseball. Oh, no. It's no, amazing no. how big and strong these guys oh, are. Uh, and, and, yeah. and they could go like, like Charlie Fisher in particular looks like he could play football. Yeah, uh, it, it, all of them are like that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, you know uh, one of the things uh, with this new conference business, and uh, you know we're going to be going from CBS to ESPN with uh, the Sun Belt, and I think that almost every uh, thing at every sport at Southern Miss is going to be enhanced by by the ESPN, uh, uh, the ability to be on all their channels. You've got ESPN Plus now. And all these channels, and it's just, it's going to really help. And I think the money's going to follow. And so I think there'll be a, a lot of uh, really good improvements coming facilities wise and everything else because of that association with ESPN. How much do you guys think, and Bob mentioned at the top of the segment, that the, that the season ticket record has already been shattered and you're a month away from the yeah. season. So there's only a limited number of seats, right? I mean, how many right. more? Season ticket seats are even going to be available, you know, for you to, to get before they think about, I don't know, expanding again. And and where would you put where would you put people down the right field line? Would you build some more uh, seats down there? Because the left the left field bullpen and stuff, there's no room down there. Right. So right. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's uh, and there's not a bad uh, seat in the house. It's like across the street at Reed Green. There's not a bad seat in that uh, in that auditorium. Right. Not a bad seat. Un- unfortunately, Al, you you have much more of a selection at Reed Green. <laughs> you do at the Peach. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's Al, here's some stuff coming up at the Peach. You're probably aware of all new LED lighting. We're gonna have all the fancy lighting that when we hit home runs, the lights blink and change colors. All that stuff. A new electronic scoreboard, uh, apparently a really enhanced, much improved scoreboard. Uh, some new netting, all the new netting, all the netting around the, the baseball facility is going to be brand new. And you add to that just two years ago when Jeremy McLean engineered the uh, installation of the turf. Uh, things have really improved at the PETA. And I give I give a good bit of the credit to Jeremy McLean. I mean, this guy's a, a former big-time college baseball player, has a love for college baseball, and uh 
we've seen nothing but improvements at the peak since he came on board. Yeah, college baseball has gone from like an afterthought to a primetime sport. And it's uh, uh, when you see these regionals now and the the attendance at some of these regionals, and you know we're in the midst of all of that. Uh, the, those those two schools up north, I can't remember the name of them, but they they <laughs> they, they have uh, a tremendous support up there, and all of that. You know, we we have the same thing in Hattiesburg. Right. A lot of people don't know it, but we've been in the top ten, twenty in attendance for decades. Down in Hattiesburg, yeah. And and when that turf was put in, one of the reasons that the turf was put in, obviously, was to cut down on the number of rainouts, all right? But it also allows these junior tournaments, these, you know, 16- to 18-year-old tournaments, the Mm -hmm. uh, American, the AAU and American Legion and all these other junior college tournaments to come in. And that's that's an additional resource, funding resource. But the biggest thing that those tournaments provide our prospects no question all right it's an easy way for coaches to recruit without ever having to leave the field so so that i think the biggest improvement you take an american league league player kid comes and plays at a baseball stadium like that and he's looking around and you know what he's thinking man i man i'd give anything to play baseball here and i think I, i think it's a great point al yeah i remember years ago when we hosted a CUSA tournament, and uh, I, I was sitting with some of the parents, I believe they were from Florida International or Florida Atlantic, I can't remember which one, and uh, their son was playing uh, uh, out there, and they were telling me that their son walked uh, onto the baseball field and saw, looked around the stadium and told his parents, he said, I, I think I've died and gone to heaven. I, yeah, I heard similar things several years ago from some of the old Dominion parents at the baseball tournament out here, and they were just talking about how awesome the crowd was, that you know, the raucous nature of the crowd, the stadium. And, heck, the stadium then had the natural grass turf and uh, and mm-hmm. now. And I was kind of resistant to that turf coming in. But once I saw it and <laughs> once you saw the game played on it, you fully understood why Coach Barry wanted that. It also yeah, cuts, it, cuts down on injuries. It's much improved over the previous versions of that turf because the other stuff, the ball would bounce and, and uh, you know, the infielders had to get used to you know, a much higher reaction uh, on an infield, uh, a ball hit in the infield. Because you get top spin on it, and it would just take off. Now that's more more like grass. Yeah. And, All right, you want to stick around, Al? You got a few minutes? Sure. Yeah. What, what else would Al be doing? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listening to the Eagle Hour. <laughs> right. We'll be back. Al Holder going to join Kelly and I on the other side. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, glad you are. Quick reminder, we'll have a best of show uh, Monday. That's a national holiday, and uh, Telesouth will be closed. We'll be back live with you Tuesday. This segment of the show is sponsored by our good buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and I'll guarantee you that every single NFL playoff game is going to be on the TVs 
at 4th Street Bar and Grill this weekend. You could go down and get you one of those big shrimp poor boys, big plate of french fries, a cold beer, Kelly Center. Mm, mm, mm. Watch uh, watch football. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, I was just going to say, keep going, Bob. <laughs> yeah, 4th Street, uh, Street Bar and Grill. Al Holder's with us uh, from Brandon, our good buddy. And uh, All right, guys. Uh, uh, well, re- real quick, let, let me stop before we move on to this next subject. I, I know you're a longtime sports fan of all Southern Miss sports, and uh, I've even seen pictures of you. You were at Madison Square Garden the night they won the NIT tournament in basketball. So I know you're like me. You watched the game last night. It's a little painful to watch them struggling the way they are right now. Yeah, it's uh, and what's kind of amazing to me, we those kids are are really good athletes. It's uh, but for some reason the ball doesn't go in the hole. And I just, uh, I, 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 it's hard to figure out. I, I, I just, I just don't know. It's, uh, I think we're a little bit like the football team last year when we didn't have a, a quarterback and, and so, so it, uh, on the floor like that. I just, but I just don't know. I can't put my, can't quite put my finger yeah. on it. Yeah. Tay Hardy, uh, Kelly first brought that kid to my attention a couple of years ago. We've missed him terribly, Kelly. No, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. yeah we've for sure. missed Badly. All right, hopefully things will get better. All right, the NFL playoffs start this weekend. This may be the best football weekend we've had all year. We've got uh, two games, or is it three games Saturday, Kelly? Two, two on Saturday, I think three on Sunday. and Two on one Saturday, on- three on Sunday, one on Monday. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got five kids that played football at Southern Miss going to be actively involved in these playoff games. I'm going to go through these. I'm start with Kelly. They go to you, I'll let you get your thoughts on the – on both of these kids and their careers here. Jalen Richard is a running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's played in 10 games. He was injured earlier in the season. A very effective third down back uh, for the Raiders. Mike Thomas has played in 12 games as a wide out for the Bengals. They'll both be in action uh, Saturday. Kelly, your thoughts on Richard and Mike Thomas? Well, Richard has been a, he's, he's always been kind of a, that blue collar guy, you know, that, that hard worker that uh, he's, again, kind of a prototype, you know, Southern Miss guy. I, the Raiders haven't used him as much as, as because they've had Jacobs, you know, back there. So he's more of a third down back, but, uh, you know, pretty durable, uh, hard worker. Unfortunately, the Bengals' strength on the defensive side of the ball is the rush defense. So he might he might have a little bit uh, tough going uh, tomorrow. And if the Raiders find themselves behind, which I don't think that'll be the case, but I know a lot of people do think the Bengals will, will win that game. But if the Raiders find themselves behind, they'll go almost exclusively to the air. And Mike Thomas has been more of a special teams guy. He's been injured, you know, on and off. But, but when he's been targeted, he's been reliable. Mm-hmm. But Alden Tate, Alden Tate now is back off the injured reserve for the Bengals, so I don't expect that Mike Thomas will see a lot of playing time tomorrow. Your thoughts on those two kids, uh, real quick, Al? Yeah, I remember Jalen. I always kind of liked the way he ran the football. He, he ran low with his pants squared up and everything. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't know, but the other day, he probably made the biggest play in the game for the Raiders he when, did, yes. on that third down when yeah. he went for 23 yards. And, you know, if, if uh, he's also really good out of the backfield. He catches the ball well. So, yeah. Uh, I th- he may be used more uh, because of that uh, rush defense on Cincinnati uh, as a as a passer, you know, like a pass uh, receiver. Uh, yeah, uh, it's hard. It's easy to forget he was on the same team with Edo Smith at one time. We had Jalen yeah. Richard, Edo yeah. Smith. All right, New England and Buffalo. They're playing a Saturday afternoon. That that's going to probably be a real head knocker. He joined the Patriots again. I think his second stint there later into the year. Jamie Collins has played in the last 10 games for New England, recorded 17 tackles, a sack, 
an interception, three pass deflections. He still remains a prominent player in the in the league, Kelly. Only with the Patriots, though, Bob. It's, yeah. it's amazing because he's got a home there. Yeah, the, the you know he was with the Patriots, left and went to the Lions, and really was ineffective. Right. There just was not a good fit there. But then went back to Papa Bear, right. you know, the Emperor there in New England, and that that seems to be a really good fit, fit for, for him, him yeah. for sure. Uh, he was a beast here, wasn't he, Al? Yes, he was. I think when he showed up, he weighed about 175 pounds. Uh, he, I think he was known more as a basketball player. But, uh, my goodness, he got uh, over there and, and uh, eating the good food and uh, getting all the weights and turned into a beast. Uh, the, the good thing about him, and I think the reason he's so uh, good at New England, is they let him drift off. He's almost like a, a linebacker safety at times, and then sometimes he's a, uh, an end. It depends on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So they use him correctly because he, he's plenty fast enough to run with uh, tight ends uh uh, back there, right, and we heard a little bit in Detroit about him not being a good team player, quote unquote. I think he's in the right environment with the head coach. You there. better be yeah. a team player in New England, buddy, or you're going <laughs> yeah. the way of the Buffalo. I think he maybe yeah. requires that kind of discipline, and, and he finds it there. At New Look, England. to have a career in the NFL of 11 years, pretty impressive. No kidding. No matter what position. Now, and Philly and Tampa are playing uh, this weekend as well on Sunday, I believe. Uh, and I'm almost saved the, the most productive kid for last. Rakeem Nunez Rochez uh, is playing for Tampa Bay. He's a defensive lineman. Played in 16 games this year, 17 tackles, a forced fumble. And as I recall, Al, he played on that 0-12 team we had here. So he, it was maybe easy to overlook him, but he's found his way in the National Football League. Yeah, he did. Didn't he play for uh, Kansas City? He did at one time. He did, time. yes. Yeah, I thought, I thought he did. The, uh, 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 yeah, I always – he was just a, a, kind of a bulldog. Uh, in the defensive line, just was not afraid to stick his nose in wherever it needed to go and and push hard and, and make something happen. We'll be, we put, we'll be playing for his second Super Bowl ring this yeah. year. Now, probably of all the Southern Miss kids in the NFL, none has had a better year than Quez Watkins. He plays wide out for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's played in 17 games, caught 43 balls, Kelly, 647 yards, and a touchdown. Quez Watkins has has established himself with the Eagles. When you look at the history of wide receivers at Southern Miss, we really haven't had any big brutes, you know, any any oversized receivers. In fact, they've even been undersized. And Quez Watkins, you know, Todd Pinkston, you know, some of those guys from the years past that are that are thin, you know, by NFL standards, but get the job done. And we we knew even a couple years ago that Quez Watkins, at least at Southern Miss, was a difference maker. And it's good to see that he's becoming a difference maker in the NFL, albeit for the Eagles, a team I know that you're not real fond of, Bob Getty. Not um, very much at all. No, yeah. no. Being a Washington football team And I go team back fan. to Thomas, who plays for your team. I thought he was a tremendous player in yeah, college. He, he sure was at, at, at Southern Miss. So yeah. you got two wide outs, a linebacker, and a defensive tackle uh, that are on active rosters. Now, you got two more kids, uh, Tavarius Moore, still on the San Francisco 49 roster. He won't be playing this weekend. He's on the physically unable to perform list. But another another kid that, that has left Southern Miss Owl and just, I think, done very well in the National Football League. Tavarius Moore? Yes. Yes. Look, they like him a lot. He's a... Uh, he's he's played a, a good deal there for the Forty Niners. You know the, the yeah. toughest the toughest part of the of that profession is just staying healthy, and that's what he's struggling with a little bit. Yeah, right I now. mean, because you, you're running into trucks. 
essentially. Yeah. Guys that are that big, strong, and fast. You, you yeah, know. that's brutal. And, of course, Edo Smith now on the on the Cowboys roster. Yeah, I was going to bring him up next. And, and guys, I want to get both of your thoughts on that. That really surprises me that he's, that he's struggling. I mean, he's on their practice squad, and he's played in a couple of games. I think he played last week. He but did. I thought he was really an effective back for the Falcons, and then suddenly he just vanished, Kelly. And I don't, I, I don't understand it either, Bob. And, and he's been, I think he, I think he tried with the Vikings, you know, for a week or two. That didn't work out after he left the Falcons, and 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 now he's, you know, on with with the Cowboys. So I, I from a skill set level, there hasn't been anything on the field that that was bad. No. You know, I mean, he's he's performed well when he's had the opportunity. But then again, yeah. we've never owned or managed a football team. Either. Al, where does Edo Smith stack up in the history of running backs at Southern Miss? So he's he's certainly in uh, in the top ten. He's got to be. He, he, I, I would yeah. say maybe top five. I mean, I, I think he's yeah. Yeah. way on up there. I, I guess we would have to say that. The baby bull may have been Damian Fletcher. No, well, Damian Fletcher, you thought, can't, you can't ignore Damian yeah. Fletcher. Clearly, Damian Fletcher is the all-time leading rusher. Uh, Nicks, Nicks, uh, Derek Nicks. Uh, you know, had it not been for his uh, his kidney disease, he clearly would have been an NFL running back, no question. So, all right, so we've got Jalen Richard, Mike Thomas, Jamie Collins, Quez Watkins, Raheem Nunez, Rochez that we will see on the field this weekend, and Edo Smith and Tavarius Moore, and, and real quickly, only about 30 seconds left, but you made another interesting point. The son of a very famous Golden Eagle will be in the playoffs this weekend. Yeah, Patrick Sertan Jr., or the second, or however the, you know, the verbiage, uh, you know, he played at Alabama, Patrick Sertan Jr., but his dad, Patrick Sertain, is what he was known as when he played at Southern Miss, was certainly a great player. Maybe the greatest corner that ever played here. And, of course, if the NFL draft goes the way that it's expected to go, Bob, Derek Hamilton, the basketball player's son, Kyle, will be playing in the league here very soon. That's right. So, you know, pound for pound and person for person, for as small a school as Southern Miss is in the national scope. We're doing pretty good. Doggone right. I agree. Al, I'll see you at the Pete in about a month, buddy. Looking forward to it. All right. Take care. Al Holder, everybody, up in Brandon. Kelly will be back with me first at the Southern Bancor Studios, and we will wrap up this week of the Eagle. Southern Miss to the top. We always enjoy our visits with Al Holder. He has a great sense of humor. He's a great guy. He loves Southern Miss as much as anyone that I know. And uh, we always look forward to having uh, Al's input on our program. Last segment of the show every day, including this one, is sponsored by D1 and D-Bat. That's a great place to take the kids, get them ready for baseball just around the corners. We have been talking about in the last hour. Well, now's the time to get them in the batting cages, and now's the time to give them a little instruction, Kelly Sanders. Man, you can't believe that this is this is the time of year because again, these select tournaments and just about all softball and youth baseball have gone to these travel tournaments, and they all get cranked up about the middle of February. So you don't start practicing in February; you start practicing, 
Now, it's usually right after the national championship of college football. Boom, you get to work. So I'm sure D1 and D-Bat are hopping right now. Right, no question. Then on D1 is for uh, adult athletes or or really young athletes of any age that they want to train in various sports. Got a lot of really first-class instructors that can tailor-make a program for you and get you to be the very best you can be at the sport of your choice. D1 and D-Bat on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Another reminder that we will have a best-of show from earlier this week that will be airing Monday for Martin Luther King Day, which is the national holiday and one that uh, TeleSouth will be taking. And then we'll be back live Tuesday. And uh, in between now and then, uh, basketball again, Kelly. Uh, Louisiana Tech back in town here on uh, Saturday. And then uh, UTEP in town on uh, Monday. Actually, La Tech for the men. Sunday, yes, yeah, Sunday. Sunday at two, right? And then the uh, the ladies will play on Martin Luther King afternoon at uh, at one o'clock. That would be a good chance because the kids are going to be home. A lot of the kids will be home. And of course, what do they say? Oh, I'm bored. I want, you know, I want take them to the basketball game. Yeah, Bob's some popcorn and uh, yeah. let them watch the Lady Eagles play. Yeah, it should should be a, should be a good time. And and the Lady Eagles are playing well. All right, I'm gonna start in reverse order because I don't want to put you on the spot right out of the gate. Okay. Big big weekend of football, right? San Francisco comes into Dallas. Dallas has had a really good year. Best year the Cowboys have had in a while. San Francisco really seemed to put it on here the last half of the season. Who do you like in this matchup? I like Dallas. I don't think they'll run away or anything, but I just this is a chance for Dak Prescott to really show his leadership here. And I think uh, San Francisco has some good defense, but it's inconsistent at times. I think Dallas- Challenging game for the Cowboys, oh, but yeah. I agree. I think they pull it out. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to be the the biggest route of the weekend is going to be the Steelers at Kansas City. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys than the Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's a lot of Steeler fans in Hattiesburg because I anytime the Bengals play them, I always hear from them. Uh, this realistically would be Ben Roethlisberger's last game. I think it's pretty much understood that that he's going to retire. And in all fairness. For the Steelers' benefit, he needs to. Correct. I, I don't know who's going to who's going to take the horns or if they're going to draft Matt Corral or somebody maybe in the upcoming draft. But yeah, I, that it would certainly look like a, a route could be in the offing there. Philadelphia will be traveling uh, to Tampa to take on the defending world champions, uh, the Eagles. Uh, quarterback's been pretty good, Jalen. Um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has uh, been a good quarterback for the Eagles. Philly, Philly's had a pretty good year. Uh, Tampa has Tom Brady and Gronk, and uh, they're the defending world champions. And the Eagles, you know, Gardner Minshew, correct, out of Brandon High School, uh, played last weekend for the Eagles in a game that that didn't mean you know a, a whole lot as it turned out with the playoff standings. Oh gosh, uh, you would think on paper that that Tampa Bay would win that game. I'm cheering really hard for the Eagles, but if we got some money on this, so I'm, I'll have to take Tampa Bay. All right, here's what I think is going to be probably the toughest. Head knocking his game of the weekend is when the for the third time this year the Patriots square up with the Bills. Uh, New England travels to Buffalo where they won earlier this year. Uh, so who do you like in this one? I was going to ask you first. You know, I you I know where I'm going. Well, I, I've said this before. I, I think I think New England is still a year or so away from where Belichick wants them back, and I and I think Buffalo is a year or two ahead of them in that development. And I think it'll be close, and I think it's going to be tough, but I think in the end, Buffalo will likely prevail. And I do not. You don't I, I think, think so. I think New England will win because the emperor has the Death Star fully operational. 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. No. I'll tell you that right now. I would not uh, no, be the I'll least I'll take bit the Patriots surprised. in that one. I would not be the least bit surprised. Now, Kelly's going to have a little hard time being objective in this one, but the NFL playoffs kick off tomorrow uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and I'm happy for you, man. You Look, you and I suffer year in and year out with yeah. two just sorry NFL teams that we follow. But this has been a great year for the Bengals. And uh, how, do you, how do you like the outcome against Vegas? I just think when it comes to – and again, the Bengals don't make the playoffs very often, but they have not had a playoff win since 1991. And I don't know if there's just a dark cloud that hangs over this poor franchise or not. Cincinnati is not going to win. I mean, I hope they do. And, and I do think the prognosis for the future of that franchise is very good. If you can keep Joe Burrow healthy, I think he could be one of the best to ever play. Of course, he's not going to get to play till he's 74 like the guy down in Tampa. Right. But I think he has a chance to be very good for a long, long time. I think the Raiders pull the upset tomorrow at Cincinnati. Well, I'm going to disagree with you, my friend. I think your team breaks that snap. I think they're talented. Uh, they have a dynamic offense, and they have a great young quarterback. And I like Cincinnati. I, th- I think the Bengals advance to the second round of the play. I hope you're right, Bob. Gosh, I hope you're right. And maybe I'm just getting myself you know, psyched up for the Yeah, I understand. The, I've been there. Yes, I indeed. I don't, I don't want to be let down one more time. <laughs> That's right. All right, that wraps up the week. As always, we're grateful for you tuning in each and every day. We'll be back with you Tuesday. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.